Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Align Your Health. This is the sh- radio show about finding, uh, maximizing your, your health through real solutions without drugs and surgery. And we're just excited to be here today. New time slot for us and uh, just a new show time. So welcome. If this is your first time listening to us, then we're just excited to have you. And at any point during uh, the show, if you want to reach out to us, the best number to get in touch with us at is uh, 513- Seven five five three five eight three. You can check us out online at drryanlive.com, and we encourage you to go back and listen to previous podcasts. Um, they are podcasted on iTunes, and you can also find them on Dr. Ryan Live. So I want to introduce you to my beautiful bride. This is Ashley Berlin. So good to be here today. I love it. And this topic is one that Ashley picked. Um, it's <laughs> one of her favorite topics in because... life in general. <laughs> You'll get to know a little bit about us through this segment because this is probably one of the few topics that we cover where you and I are very um, diametrically opposed in terms of uh, how we operate. We are so different on this topic. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, listen, I'm not going to hold it hostage any longer. We are talking about sleep today and I love sleeping. Yeah. And I don't sleep much. Yeah. You don't sleep and I love sleeping. Oh my gosh. It's like my, one of my favorite things. Yeah. So (laughs) listen, (laughs) listen, you're going to hear. And and, okay. So the beautiful thing about sleep and, um, if you've listened to us now, you know, over this summer, you'll know that, um, you know, the area that I study most comes in terms of genes, um, the expression of our genes, epigenetics. And so the, crazy thing about sleep is that you can have, um, you know, everybody has a very different setup when it comes to sleep. We have, we all have, you know, genes that influence how we sleep um, and all kinds, you know, I never even realized, I thought that there was just good sleep and bad sleep, you know, and then, and then in studying the genes and, and, the things that affect our sleep, there's so much that goes into it beyond just, you know, are you hitting REM sleep and, and, you know, like how long do you sleep and do you like to sleep longer than somebody else? So there's a lot of depth to this topic and you can do it different ways. So, you know, that's the interesting thing is that you're going to hear two very different views on sleep today. And, um, and you know, they're, they're, they work for each individual person. And not everyone's wired the same way genetically. When you hear Ashley speak, you know, she's been working the last six to eight months on genetics and working hard on a particular part of genetics called epigenetics, which means above your genes. And so her research and her studying and her certification that she's working towards is all about helping people understand their individuality through their genes and the way their genes are being expressed. Our genes aren't, you know, what we were told that like they were the blueprint of how we're going to function and operate almost as if, you know, you're born and you get this um, uh, stamped, sealed, you know, set of plans that are like, here's how your life's going to go. You know, you're going to weigh X amount, you're going to sleep X amount, you're going to have X, Y, and Z disease. And that was kind of how genes were taught. They were presented us like that. And they were presented like that, like this is a permanent thing and it's already predetermined. And then fast forward 20, 30 years, you know, into research and we're finding out not only are they not permanent, but they change like literally with every meal, literally with every thought, literally with everything we do, our our genetic um, 
code and our genetic sequence is constantly, for lack of a better term, adapting. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now what we used to call mutations, now we call polymorphisms because they have the ability to morph back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool. So what that means is if you have a family history of cancer or or you have you come from a history of people who are stressed out and they don't sleep well or whatever that is, you can change it. And it really puts the power back um, on us. So when Ashley talks, you're going to hear her come from that background a lot and just her knowledge base. And then whenever I'm, I'm speaking on something, my, my brain just can't help but to go to chiropractic and Absolutely. the nervous system because I, the most important and most fascinating principle I have ever... <laughs> something good's happening right now. I can guarantee it. Just snapped my pen and uh, my producer, Tony, is just looking at me and that's probably my first radio... What do you want to call it? Out. It should be an outtake. <laughs> it should but, be an outtake. But let's get back. Let's get back into this. I'm okay with. I'm okay with going forward. So, so what? It, where I'm coming from on this is that the biggest principle I ever uh, understood when it comes to my own health is that there is something regulating everything in my body. Like you have the gene side of things, but right, there's right. literally an intelligence that is being expressed throughout my body and what it's being expressed through is my nervous system. Absolutely. And so whether I'm sleeping or whether I'm healing or whether I'm um, you know, I, I, I have a condition that I'm, I'm trying to overcome like um, heart disease or, you know, diabetes that I have to, f I, f I first should look at the system that's regulating and controlling everything. Like that, that just makes sense that even in healthcare that the first thing we should look at is that system. So now we're talking about sleep. And one of the things that, you know, I'm going to be making mention of is, you know, what is the health of the nervous system? Like it's Absolutely. regulating things. It's regulating things. And when, listen, we we I've said this before and I'll say it again that when we talk when I say the nervous system controls and coordinates everything in your body it's not just you know your toenails your fingernails or your heart or your you know skin healing or your your um, lungs taking in oxygen like it's not just those things it's all the way down to a cellular level I mean I'm talking like your your nervous system also regulates the your epigenetics and so like the, the expression of your genes is also regulated by your nervous system and so there's nothing Thing that's that operates outside of the nervous system in terms of your body and how and so that's the perspective that you know no matter what that's the ultimate perspective on it yeah um, so let's let's dive into this a little bit with the nervous awesome. system and get kicked off with that and then um, I'd love to love to get into more of the epigenetic stuff and have you go into some of that but mostly what people want right like you're 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 hearing us right now and the, the primary thought you're having is if you struggle with issues with sleep whether you're not sleeping enough or you're waking up throughout the night or, um, you know, there, there's some sort of disruption. Or maybe, maybe you sleep fine. You, you sleep all night long, but you wake up feeling exhausted. Um, your, your, your question is, how do I get better sleep? And so we're going we're gonna to make sure that today when we wrap up, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to be finishing off with, you know, probably the, the top 10 things that you could be doing right now. Absolutely. Um, supplements you could take, nutrition you need to be uh, concerned about. And also some things you could be doing in your room and around your house to really encourage the best sleep possible. So um, neurology, let's go. We all know that um, basically sleep, uh, our wakeful states and our restful states are all regulated. They're all regulated in the brain. So you, you've all heard about REM sleep and sleep cycles and circadian rhythms. Well, there's a specific part of your neurology that is directly responsible for controlling sleep. And what's interesting is it's not actually controlled in the brain. Um, part of it is initiated in the brain and there's brain activity that tr transpires to make sure that you know we're getting our proper sleep patterns. But actually all of your sleep 
is regulated in an area called the hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus is part of what I would call anatomy-wise your brainstem. It's the part that extends below the brain, but isn't necessarily the narrow part of the spinal cord yet. This is the lowest part of your brain called the brainstem. And in the brainstem, um, there are a lot of big words, but the, the, la the, the nucleus, just so you guys know, I, I know my uh, neuroanatomy on this one, it's called the ventrolateral preoptic nucleus. And we've Whoa. talked about this over and over in other episodes where we're talking about immune function, et cetera. Yep. But today we're going to be talking about how that gets regulated and really chiropractic's role. So I want you to know that you're going to want our phone number. Our phone number is 513-755-3583. If you are having sleep issues, call us now. You can still listen and hear why you're going to want to come see us, but I promise you, call us now if you're having sleep issues. We're going to tell you some stories and go over exactly how we're going to help you in just upcoming. You're listening to 55KRC, the talk station. I feel glorious, glorious. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station, and you're listening to Align Your Health. We're talking about sleep today and just discussing some of the, the neurology behind sleep, that uh, your brain controls your sleep. And there are certain areas of your brain that actually are responsible for it. So chiropractic speaking, you know, as a doctor of chiropractic, we don't treat sleep issues, but we do correct a problem that can be very related to sleep issues. And what, what I mean by that is there are vertebra that protect your spinal cord and nerves. And there are um, a couple of vertebrae in your very upper neck. They're very unique. Your first and second cervical vertebra called your uh, neck vertebra called your atlas and your axis. And then actually their relationship with the base of the skull, that area, if there is stress on that area, if those vertebra aren't moving properly, if there's pressure on the nerves, or if you have the condition that, that is termed subluxation, if you have a subluxation of the vertebra, and they're, they're not moving well, they're locked up, and they're putting stress on the neurology in your upper neck, it is going to interfere with your sleep cycles. It's going to interfere with how restful you feel when you wake up. It is going to interfere with how well you sleep. You may have a subluxation elsewhere in your spine. That may not be the area, but if you have one in that area, in the upper part of the neck, sleep will be disrupted. And you may not even know it's being disrupted. It may be disrupting the part of your sleep cycle that deals with tissue repair and healing it may disrupt the part of your sleep cycle that allows you to have dreams and remember them. Um, so sometimes people are having disruption with their sleep cycles and they don't even know that that's actually happening. So um, if you're having issues with sleep, give us a call. One of the first things you should always do in any situation is get checked out by a chiropractor. And the reason why is because you want to make sure that the nerves are healthy first. So before you start taking supplements, before you start uh, changing you know, other things, you want to make sure that your body's going to respond and it's going to respond best when you're getting adjusted, subluxations being corrected, and the nervous system's able to express itself fully. I think that just makes sense. Right? Amen to that. Absolutely. Like it just makes sense that your body's supposed to express life. And so if it's not expressing life appropriately, if there's something interfering with it, then we want to go back and check the source. And the source in this case would be the nervous system. So um, if that's new to you, if you're hearing that and you're like, holy smokes, I might have subluxation, yep. then call us 513-575-3583 is the number you want to call. And one of our one of our staff will um, take, take down some information from you. They'll get your insurance information. They'll verify that. 
and uh, we'll get you scheduled for an appointment so that when you come in, we have everything ready to go and, and taken care of for you. But uh, I'm going to have Ashley go into this because she's been studying with epigenetics, studying sleep, studying her you know, sleep cycles. We, we were just laughing during our, our break for a minute there because her and I are just so different when it comes to sleep. Um, I get to bed very quickly. I don't like going to bed. I like staying up. <laughs> but when I do go to bed, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out like lights out fast and I'm in a deep sleep very quickly. But I also don't sleep very long that I tend to not, you know, on the surface seem like I require as much sleep. Um, and, and there may be some things that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting away with for a period, short period of time. I probably need to get more sleep, just uh, full disclosure, but I can operate off of less. Where yeah. Ashley's the opposite. Yep. You need... A tight, a tight 12 hours. Or so. I, need tight, a t- I need a tight 10 hours. Tight 10 hours. Tight 12 hours. When she found sleep. out that Einstein required about 12 hours of sleep a day, she 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 was like, all right, I'm in good company. Oh I have my gosh, excuse right. now. We are, Einstein and I are on the same wavelength. And you know what? It's funny because there are a number of people out there in the world. People just operate differently on sleep and yeah. that's okay. It is what it is. You know, genetically speaking, we, we're different in our circadian rhythms. We know that, you know, people that are, you know, um, morning people and you know, people that are night owls. Right. And that is just a genetic propensity. And can you change it? Absolutely. Can you, you know, put yourself in a situation where lifestyle wise, your lifestyle requires that to be different? Absolutely. You can do that. But, you know, generally speaking, people lean more one way than the other. And that's um, that's absolutely just comes from the genetic expression. So science, science tells us that we require about eight hours on average per night, seven and a half to eight hours. Right. right in there. So and then, yeah, everyone has a window of seven to nine hours. So it could be seven and a half, could be eight and a half, could be eight. Now I'm going to tell you some of the things that I've read and I just want you to, you know, verify these or, um, or, you know, ar- argue them a little bit. Number one is that whether you're a morning or a night person is actually influenced by your genetics. Another one I've heard is that, um, this was something that I was studying a while back and I read this and, and I've never read too much more on this, but I was told that there are certain hours specifically between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. that according to circadian rhythms are, are really critical, that if you're sleeping during those four hours, that it, it, that may be more important than if you actually slept eight, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that that comes from the the discussion on different stages of sleep. So I think that a lot of people will be familiar with talking about getting into REM sleep, right? The rapid eye movement sleep. But the interesting thing is, is that there's more stages than just, um, than just talking about an REM sleep. There's a, there's a stage one, two, three, and four sleep. And there's also an REM sleep and all through the night, you're actually cycling. Listen, the body is so like God designed us perfectly and so beautifully and so intricately that when we study sleep and we find out what's exactly happening while we're sleeping, like I feel like before I understood these things, I really thought sleep was just like God's break. You know, like you got a little time out. Like, hey, you guys, every, we all need to like, I do this with my kids, right? I have a seven-year-old. Like, I'm tired of watching you I'm guys. I'm tired of watching you guys. I can't, I can't keep, go you know. Go play on your iPad. Go play on your iPad or go, <laughs> go to, to sleep, sleep or go in your room. You have to have quiet time for a minute. Like, I really thought that sleep was just like the little, the little time out that we got. And then, you know, we wake back up again. But God, God's up there going, you guys need a nap. You, <laughs> I, what he means is I need you to take a nap. I need you to take a nap. That's awesome. But the interesting thing is, is that he designed us to do some really amazing things during sleep. So during a healthy sleep cycle, if you're sleeping seven to eight hours a night, you're actually going through four to seven cycles of the stages of sleep, of, of stages one one through four and hitting REM sleep. You're, you're cycling through that four to seven times. So, um, you know, when people talk about 
uh, that 10 a that 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. time slot being like that's when you really have to hit sleep. It's because most people are hitting that um, that really deep in REM sleep during that phase. Um, during you know that's when you're hitting your first two cycles of that, maybe three cycles of that in the night. And so if you like for for someone to feel full fully rested to hit four to seven cycles of really deep sleep, um, and you're hitting you know three of those four cycles in that early part of the night, or maybe you know all four of those cycles in the early part of the night, then um, that's that's crucial time, right? And so everybody hits it differently, but generally speaking, that's when that's when most people are hitting it. And then so the, these these sleep cycles are around ninety minutes, right? And yep. so theoretically, like you sleep every night, ideally. And every night, if you're sleeping eight hours, whatever, you're going to go through these cycles, you said, like four to seven times. Four to seven times. So we could actually calculate roughly, say you live 80 years, roughly how many sleep cycles you're going to have over 80 years. And every hour that you start cheating on that sleep, (laughs) you're decreasing the amount of sleep cycles. Well, in those sleep cycles, right, just to make this real simple, in those sleep cycles is when healing occurs. Yep. It's where our brain actually starts uh, kind of rewiring our thoughts and our memories and connecting things that happen throughout the day with previous memories. It's when um, our immune system is really uh, primed. You know, everything else slows down. So your heart slows down, your breathing slows down, everything slows down to divert all this energy to repair and healing. So if you're having significantly less sleep cycles throughout your entire life, then you're probably going to see a higher incidence of what? Disease. Of disease. You know what's really interesting? What you said is exactly correct. Every single thing in your body slows down when you sleep. Do you know the only thing that speeds up? Mm-mm. Your nervous system. Yeah. I mean, your neurology, it's rewiring. Yeah, right. that's right. right. All so, the associations that it's making throughout the day of everything you did, yep. et cetera. Yep. Yep. So that's it's, it's awesome. It's really, it's really absolutely so incredible. Bringing it back to bringing it back to the nervous system. So if your nervous system is the only thing that actually speeds up at night and there is stress and interference on your nervous system then again, regardless of how many stages, but what if you're going through the four to seven cycles, but your nervous system just isn't, um, isn't getting, you know, the, the, the restful state that it needs in order for it to, to go through its, um, you know, uh, reconnecting all the neurology and all the thoughts and all the memories and all the processes and doing the healing and doing all the things that it needs to do. What if there's stress on that system? So bringing it full circle right back to that. Um, That's so- why it's so important to get adjusted. And to take that stress off the nervous system. All right. So a couple quick things that people could do that, you know, that we know have an influence on sleep. I I think the biggest one that I hear in my office all the time, and one of the things that can stress out your nervous system, right? And it can stress out your eyes from the rapid eye movement is screen time. Ugh. Light. Blue light, especially. Yes. Right? Blue light, especially. There's different spectrums of light, but it seems like our devices, the rate at which the refresh on the screen, that 120 hertz to 100, whatever it is, um, that 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 cycle really disturbs our eyes and disturbs our neurology and really messes with our sleep cycle. So, you know, candlelight, um, much different light spectrum, uh, incandescent lights, uh, not not as harmful, but you got to start getting up into like the LED lights and the compact fluorescence and the um, you start seeing a, a lot more stress, right? Yeah. So the interesting thing is, is about light is that I didn't realize that um, light is the primary influence on your body's melatonin production. So that's that's really interesting to know that, like, I, I mean, the body's so mind blowing when you get into just how everything interacts with each other. But that light 
it has that primary influence on the melatonin production. And melatonin really is what tells your body um, when to fall asleep and when to wake up. Right. So that's why, you know, that's why you'll hear people talk so significantly about blue light and the screen time. And, you know, do you have lights on in your bedroom when you go to sleep? You know, having a fully dark room with the blackout curtains. And listen, if you've ever had a kid who doesn't sleep and you've gone to just, you know, the nth degree to try to get a good sleeper, you know that you've black. I've seen moms blacking out windows and, you know, doing whatever they can to really make that a great space. All right. So I kind of jumped the gun in mentioning that. Let's go through the protocol when, you know, when we get back and sh- walk them through step by step what they need to be paying attention to and then how to do it from here on out. Absolutely. You're listening to Line Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. I feel glorious, glorious. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. This is Align Your Health, and we are discussing sleep. So jumping into the protocol, you're having sleep issues, and you know that uh, the, some of the things we talked about, you're not getting good REM sleep cycles, you're waking up, you're, you're uh, you know, trouble getting to sleep or trouble staying asleep. Um, so aside from the obvious, like get the four dogs out of your bed or whatever it is, uh, the three kids we have, we have, uh, we have one kid that likes to sleep between us so that we look like the letter H she's going across the bed and we're, that's right. And, uh, and, and we're even so blessed every now and then to have all three kids jump into bed. Uh, usually one of them pee in it and then the dog running around. And so that's just real life. And that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that right. um, that time in your life where sleep's going to be disrupted because you got a bunch of, they might as well be drunk people hanging out in, in your room. But <laughs> you got I think all that's the what, Isn't that what Jim Gaffigan said? It's like, it's like sleeping in bed with a drunk person. It's so um, true. You know, I've never appreciated sleep so much until I had, you know, three kiddos. And now- I remember <laughs> one of my office staff had her first kid and she's like, so when does the sleep part get better? I'm like, ha, it doesn't. You just, um, you learn how much right. little sleep you can actually survive on in life. Right. But that's not what we're talking about because some of you guys, the kids are out of the house or you don't have kids and you're still struggling with sleep issues. Right. Um, we talked about, you know, getting into the cycle. So let's talk about the protocol. The, we, we jumped, I, I jumped the gun a little bit and start mentioning the second one, which we'll go back to when it comes to light. But let's go over number one, a schedule. You were telling me about this the other day. You think my sleep schedule screwed up. <laughs> I love this. I love that we're just we're just going for it. We're just talking about it. Yeah. You know, I think getting on a regular um, sleep schedule is crucial to sleep hygiene. And and really like get, what what getting on a regular regular sleep schedule will do to you is it just gets you in sync with your body. You get in a certain rhythm and you just get you just start to get to used to doing it a certain way. It's the same thing with food. You know, there are things that we do with food and there are things that we don't do with food and we just know how we operate in that ter- in those terms. And so the same with chiropractic. Like I know my chiropractic adjustment schedule. Like I have a schedule. This is when I go get adjusted. This is how I eat. These this is the way I do. I have a workout schedule. And if so you- if, right. you, yeah, and if you look at life, you look at the way, even the way the earth has shown, sorry, like mm-hmm. let's get back yep. to circadian rhythms. Like the right. sun comes up within a minute or so of when it did the day before and it goes down within a minute or so. And it doesn't mean that over the course of a year, it doesn't change. We all know it does. Like it's late in the summer at 9 p.m. and it's late, you know, in, in, or it's uh, sorry, dark in the summer at 9 p.m. It's dark in the uh, evening much earlier, you know, 536 p.m. before daylight savings. 
so it doesn't mean that your your sleep times can't change a little bit, but in general, you want day to day them to be you know very similar. Yep, you, you want, want them to, get to be really routine. similar. Yep. Also, waking up at the same time. So this is something I I don't really do this either because some days I'm at the office by six thirty. And I wake up at five other days, I sleep in a little bit. But I, I've, I've often thought if I just got up at five every day, it would be right. easier because I don't have to think about it. But give me, you know, what's kind of the, the science behind that? Yeah. So, you know, it's important to um, to just in order to be able to establish that routine of we one, one of the things that we try to coach clients on is getting to a place where they don't even have to wake up with an alarm clock. OK, so setting a regular bedtime and then waking up you're going to naturally start to realize that, you know, people talk about this all the time. Oh, I have to get up at 5 a.m. for work during the week. And then come the weekends, that's how, that's what time I just wake up because, you know, you've, you've set that rhythm, right? And so setting a regular bedtime is going to really help you train your body to go to sleep. And then naturally, once you get caught up, because you're going to have a little bit of sleep debt at first, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you're, you're going to go to bed at a scheduled time. You're going to have a little bit of sleep debt. And so you may feel tired no matter what time you wake up. But as long as you get that regular schedule, you're basically going to wake up at about that seven to eight hour mark naturally once you get into that cycle, right? Right. Absolutely. All right. Light. We talked about number one, we want to increase our light exposure during the day. Yes. Right. Yes. We want lots of sunlight coming in specifically to our eyes, actually. That what's weird is we wear sunglasses during the day and block all the sun coming in through our eyes. And then in the evening, we take off the glasses and it's almost the opposite of what we should do. Because for melatonin production, we need sunlight coming and not just affecting our skin, but actually coming into our eyes, that our eyes are kind of the portal to affecting the uh, melatonin. So walking around wearing sunglasses, I know we've been taught you can cause damage your retinas, whatever, but I just don't think God would have invented the sun and our eyeballs and then cause one to damage the other. And, and you know what I mean? It's so true. And you know what, this is, I'm going to, this is one of my weak points. And this is something that I've been working on a lot lately is really weaning off of my sunglasses because I could wear sunglasses 24 hours a day, probably. And then when we should actually wear sunglasses, potentially now because of our man-made crap is we should right. wear our sunglasses at night, right? Like the song. And, and that the the new ones, especially the really goofy ones that grandma and grandpa used to wear with like the orange, you know, lenses, the blue blockers. <laughs> the blue blockers. And you remember you see all the infomercials on the blue blockers. <laughs> and the cool thing is that actually the blue blockers, that's exactly what they were called back then. And that's exactly what they do is they block the blue light. But the things giving off all the blue light now are the monitors, devices, yep. and screens. And what we're finding out is that that light, that particular type of light, is what's really damaging to our eyes. It also disrupts sleep cycles through melatonin production. And the more time we're spending on screens during the day, the more it's messing up our normal uh, cycles via because of melatonin. Um, and serotonin production. And so that's just uh, amazing. You know, if you're, if you're struggling and you want to get this under control, um, the stuff that we're teaching you, these, these couple tips, they're huge. But the big thing I really want you guys to do is understand how important your nervous system is. Because if you fix all these things and you're still struggling, the problem might be internal. The problem might be your body's inability to regulate these things due to subluxation. There may be problems actually in your spine that are interrupting sleep. So quick story um, before we go into the next couple uh, tips is we had a patient just recently. She's a sweetheart. I love her. And uh, she, she was a school teacher for like 25, 30 years. Uh, she does some tutoring on the side. She was getting ready to retire. And her last like six months or eight months of 
teaching, which should have been hopefully her most enjoyable. Like, you know, she knows, hey, I'm getting ready to retire. This is my last time to really be around these kids. She was um, having complete insomnia. She wasn't sleeping at all. Mm. And imagine not sleeping for six or eight months. Like, no. you would go crazy. Yep. And here she she's like a, a sweetheart. She teaches like third or fourth grade and or second or third grade, an amazing woman. And, uh, and you know, this is a smart person. This is someone who has their PhD. This is someone who's a doctor and an, an amazing uh, educator. And she had no idea that her sleep issues were coming from her nervous system. Yep. So how do I know they're coming from her nervous system? Because we found subluxation in her spine and we began adjusting her. And just within a few short just adjustments, she started sleeping and being able to get to sleep and stay asleep and stay in a restful state. And imagine what that did just for her clarity, her sanity, her it's amazing. You know, everything. It's absolutely amazing. You know, it's one of my favorite things in our office is um, like I hate when people with have sleep issues and I hate when they come in and, 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 you know, it breaks my heart for them because sleep deprivation is a real form of torture. I mean, it's actually used to torture people. It's really horrible. Um, but one of the beautiful things about chiropractic is that um, there's a lot of people that don't even realize how bad their sleep is that come in and start getting adjusted. And just through conversation with them, they'll say, you know, I never realized that I woke up, you know, six or seven times a night and now I'm sleeping through the night now that I get adjusted. Um, you know, as a, you know, we've had a 37 year old male come in and say that before where, you know, now I'm, now I'm sleeping through the night or, or we've had, we've had lots of different people come in and they're, and they say, I just wake up feeling refreshed. And that's one of the, those ancillary benefits of, you know, chiropractic adjustments for a lot of people that didn't even realize they were having yeah. sleep issues. You know, Tony, our producer asked us a great question, which was, um, you know, when we fall back like this past weekend, um, when we fall back in our, our sleep, uh, or sorry, we fall back in our, um, uh, daylight saving time you know, right. schedules, how does that affect our sleep? And I think for people who actually, so this is the conundrum, this is the catch 22, right? I think for the people who are doing it right, it probably affects them a lot more right. because um, they're, they're in routine and it mm -hmm. disrupts that routine pretty abruptly, even though it's only by an hour. Um, what they'd be smart to do is maybe shift their routine and, and get to bed an hour earlier so that it doesn't, um, you know, uh, or go to bed, they can go to bed technically an hour later, right? They get an extra right. hour right. and it won't disrupt the routine quite as much. But the people who are all over the map and they're not um, actually sleeping well to begin with, yeah. the people who, you know, they go to bed some nights at 10, some nights at two in the morning or whatever, they're probably not going to notice it as much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's because it's kind of like this. It's kind of like when you're eating crap all the time, you, you know that your nutrition's a problem, but you don't always know how bad you feel. If you start eating cleanly and you eat really well for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and, and you start feeling all the effects of, of a good routine and good nutrition, now when you have one of those meals that, that you shouldn't be eating, it just feels like you, know, you got hit by a ton of bricks because when your body and you're in a state of health and when you're in a state of healing, then you're highly sensitive to dysfunction. Yep. Right? That you're, you're becoming a precision instrument and a fine-tuned machine and then those things start affecting you more or you notice them more, which is good because we want to be very attuned, right? Yeah. We want to know. You should be able to make your decisions based on how did that make me feel or not. Um, but if, you're, if, you're, if everything's really off, then you're going to have a hard time doing that. Coming up, we're going to be going over a couple more of the things you want to be looking at. And we're also going to be talking about some of the supplements to be taking. This is Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. Everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Align Your Health. And 
We were just talking about sleep today, and uh, one of the things I just you know wanted to address is that some of you are listening to us for the first time, and if you're doing that, we want you to be able to find us and just know how to how to get to know us really. Number one, you can go to drryanlive.com. That is just a great resource. There's um, speaking events we do, but that's where you can find our podcast and get to know us a little bit. Number two, you can go on Facebook and search for Dr. Ryan Berlin, and then it's hyphen Align Your Health radio show. So if you, if you see that, follow that Facebook page, and we will be posting stuff there and putting our show up there, video and uh, audio. The other thing you can do is go on iTunes and you can find us podcasts on iTunes. If you look for that in the iTunes app or in the podcast app, it's just simply align your health and you'll see a pic- you'll see a picture of two really good looking people. <laughs> and uh, that's my my wife and I and um, and you can follow us there and listen to our podcast. I, I think we have you know twenty plus on there to, for you to be listening to right now. And there's some amazing topics. If you're interested in getting checked in our office, you've been listening to the sleep stuff and you're like, I had no idea a chiropractor could help with sleep by you know, helping correct my spine that my body would start responding and healing better and I could start sleeping better, then call us because what we do every week and we do this every single week is that we open up five spots specifically for people who are interested in coming in and getting checked for the thing we're talking about that week. You know, we see about 70 new patients a month or so. We have a very awesome, very exciting, very dynamic office, lots of healing taking place. But we set aside those five appointments specifically so that people that are listening to our radio show loyally can come in and and get checked and get seen. And so if you're interested in that, give us a call at 513-755-3583, and let's get you checked. Ash, let's go into... so. We're going to go into a little bit of the supplementation and wrap that up, but let's talk for just a few minutes um, on getting into, into a state of relaxation. So we do some things in our house. Um, sound, for instance. Yes. Uh, we can't eliminate every dog bark or every neighbor outside. Ideally, it would be nice to have completely no noise, right? Sound deprivation. Right. But we can't control that. So what do we use in our room? Um, we have a noise generator. We have a little noise machine that we keep in our room, and we have that, we have that sucker going all the time. Yeah. And We've our, done it in our, our kids' preferable rooms. sound is more of the white noise. Yep, yep. We like the white noise, but you know we have sound machines in our kids' rooms too. Um, they we've been using those since they were infants, and they prefer the white noise too. Um, we found rivers, streams, lakes, rain. Uh, <laughs> they pee the bed too much when they're listening to water. So, um, so they're gonna hate us for mentioning this. Oh when my gosh! They're older. But. Um, <laughs> But the white noise just seems to be very effective. Yeah, very, very effective. I remember when I was sleep deprived after we had our firstborn and I could literally walk in our room and because it was a couple degrees cooler, because the noise <laughs> machine was on, because the, the, it was blacked out, I would literally like, literally, literally, it was like walking in and it was like a, a like a, I don't know, it was like a curtain, like you just hit, something hit you and it was like immediately I felt sleepy. I would come home, I would come home for work. And, you know, come home for lunch break. And if I walked in a room, I was like, oh, my God, I want to sleep. Now. I'm going to go to sleep right now. I love that you said temperature because temperature is huge for relaxation. Um, you know, this this third step of how you get into a sleepy state. And, you know, besides the sound, temperature um, really has a huge effect on how you sleep and how you get into that, that mode. I feel like this is one that people fight very frequently because they think they want to be cozy and warm. Um, Guilty. And, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with getting covers on and being cozy and warm. Yep, yep. But the air temperature specifically being at 68 degrees or slightly cooler, about 65 to 68, yep. uh, 67 to 68, that's the range where we tend to sleep the best. 
Um, it's interesting because when I was in school, they taught us that at 68 degrees was actually the temperature at which your brain functioned the most effectively. So at test taking, guess what they would turn the temperature in the room down to? 68 degrees. Yeah. When I'm adjusting in my office, guess what I like to keep the temperature at? 68 degrees. And it's degrees. weird, but that's just yeah. where I'm really comfortable when, yeah. when I'm you know active. Um, so what we've seen is that there's actually a body temperature drop of a few degrees right before people are ready to go into a sleep, sleepful state. And so one of the things that you can do if you're trying to induce that state of sleep is set your thermostat to drop by a few degrees right around the time that you're planning on getting ready to go to bed. That's that's beautiful. And here's something else that's really amazing is that um, prayer or meditation that studies show that even just 10 minutes of meditation or prayer results in a significant improvement in sleep. So you can do that. And, you know, a lot of people already have that habit where, you know, right before they go to bed, they say they're, you know, like we do that with our kids every single night. We say prayers right before we go to bed. And 10 minutes of that has been shown. Um, how, I mean, honestly, like how many things can you just add up that are like, these are just so perfectly yeah. designed. So one, one, one that I want to mention is bed is for sleeping. And this is ironic because I am the, I was the worst offender of this for years and years and years. And still, I would say that at times this can be a downfall, but f- from college. And I think part of it was sharing a room with my brother um, growing up and it, and it wasn't like he snored or whatever, but just the idea of like sharing a room and, you know, um, I just didn't feel like I, I went to sleep very well when there was another person in the room. And so I would stay up on the couch, watch TV until I fell asleep. Or I, honestly, I think part of it was out of boredom. I didn't want to have to try to sleep. So I would watch TV or do something and then eventually fall asleep. Well, out of that became a bad habit of sleeping on the couch and whatever. And I've just realized that my best sleep does not occur on the couch, which is no. like a no brainer, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, you know, so I really encourage you, if you're in the habit of doing that, doing something to try to get to sleep, like flicking on the TV in your bedroom, get it out, take the TV out of your bedroom. It's going to be right. a huge disruptor to sleep. You know, keep the TV in the TV room and keep the bed. You know, you don't put your bed in your living room. Don't put your TV in your bedroom. Um, one of the best things that you, you could do for both your sleep and your sex life is keep <laughs> the bed for sleeping. And uh, because there are certain things that are supposed to take place in the bedroom. All the, all the, that's awesome. <laughs> and so, but then that also means that, you know, not falling asleep on the couch, not falling asleep. And so I, I noticed that when my sleep is absolutely the worst is when I was in that kind of in that habit of falling asleep somewhere else. Um, you know, let's get into some supplements and some food things. So everyone knows that you eat turkey at Thanksgiving and you want to fall asleep after. Um, and, you know, I think I think part of that is we probably overeat at Thanksgiving sure. and that slows down our metabolism. But the, the, there's some real science to this, that tryptophan, which is um, an amino acid that is released, right? Yep. When we are, um, when we're eating turkey, it's in the turkey tryptophan, and that that tryptophan actually is one of the precursors for serotonin production, and serotonin is one of the main influencers on sleep. And so, when you eat the turkey, it releases you releases this tryptophan in your body. The tryptophan is a precursor for serotonin, and you're in a more of a restful state. So, one of the major supplements that we would recommend somebody trying is a very natural version of bioavailable tryptophan called 5-HTP. Right. Um, a lot of people move towards melatonin, but I always try 5-HTP first. Uh, if you're if you're interested in trying a 5-HTP product, we have one that we use called our Sleep and Mood Formula. So if you go to our website, my office's website, it's Align Health Center, A-L-I-G-N, AlignHealthCenter.com. You can click on the store and look at the Sleep and Move formula, and you'll notice, what does it have in it? 5-HTP. Right, right. 
Another one is magnesium. Yes. I mean, you're studying magnesium heavily because I know it's involved in so many uh, gene and metabolic pathways. What do they say? I think there's like 3,000 different pathways yep, that magnesium's yep. involved in. Yep. Yeah. 3,000 different pathways. And, you know, research has shown that even a marginal lack of it, um, of magnesium, can prevent the brain from settling down at night. So, you know, what's interesting is that um, I was training in our doctor recently who was teaching us that the tradition of putting a chocolate on your pillow at night literally comes from magnesium from mag it's it's oh it's, my gosh yes i, I mean never it, even thought about that i know right it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing but no it's actually that's very intentional it's not just like just oh this is cute year old somewhere came up with that one yeah you th i know you thought our kids were the ones that yeah. were like no just feed us chocolate at night but no putting a chocolate on your pillow is literally adding the magnesium um really can help you just calm down and yeah. go into a more relaxed yeah. state the downside so. of putting a chocolate on your pillow is it also has caffeine so you don't want right. to be doing that but yeah magnesium we use a couple essential oils. So here's another tip that we use. Um, we use uh, we we prefer to use DoTerra brand essential oils. We've used other brands for years, but they're just the highest quality that we have found. And we just like what the company is doing for their sourcing and for how they're supporting the communities in other countries and really building them up where they source these oils from. They're not stealing from them. They're actually building amazing businesses in these communities. But the DoTerra essential oils we use a big one's lavender. Yes, lavender essential oil. Um, stimulates the a parasympathetic nervous system, and it induces a very restful state. Uh, we actually don't use lavender. We use an oil that contains lavender. We use a, a blend. Oh, Serenity. And yep. we love a blend called Serenity. And it's supposed to induce exactly what it implies, uh, which is a very serene, relaxed, calm state. Um, the other essential oil like I like to use personally uh, is is using a little bit of breathe essential oil, which has some cardamom and some um, some other oils in it that help you know to really relax your breathing. So those are the tips, and we want you guys to try those. And then please, on Facebook, let us know how it's going. Let us know if you're noticing any of those changes. And uh, please listen to us again at our new time next week. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station.